Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. And we're off to the races. John, how was your Arby's? Oh, it was fantastic. I uh, had a few weeks without uh, any Arby's, so it was kind of a nice change of pace. I'm not going to lie, their smokehouse sandwich that has the pulled pork, some brisket, barbecue mm-hmm. sauce, and then their curly fries that are loaded with uh, more pulled pork and barbecue sauce. Killer. I see a theme. Both, both in taste sauce. and in <laughs> coronary heart disease. Yep. <laughs> One and the other, hand in hand. Well, thanks for tuning in on this uh, kickoff episode of Keepers, Sleepers, and Creepers. Uh, bear with us. Um, we may change our format drastically as weeks to come, but I think we're pretty happy with the information we're going to give you tonight. We're going to go through position by position and give you who we think a keeper, sleeper, and creeper is per position. And then we're going to give uh, some signature football foresights uh, coming up tonight. And we're going to keep a running tally and see how we do as the season progresses. But let's go ahead and start. We'll start with quarterback. Um, John, what do you got for quarterback? Quarterbacks I thought was pretty interesting this week. Um, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that are really stable and kind of in the same area. Um, and I, the, the best way I could figure out that to look up a lot of the information for finding out who I really like and who I really don't like was last year's defenses. And so I know there could be a lot of changes from season to season there. So I'm kind of only running off the impact of what a lot of that looks like and some of the changes I do know about. And, but defense is usually a unit thing, so we'll see how it all turns out. But for whatever I got, um, the one guy I'm the most confident on, and uh, I know from you might have heard from our previous podcast some of my opinion on this, and I'm going to stick with where I got. I think a keeper for this week is Deshaun Watson. Um, he's finally looking healthy for, throughout the whole preseason. He didn't re-aggravate his knee, and reports indicate that he looks like he's moving very well um, in the preseason. So I'm, I'm encouraged with how he looks. But the thing that I really like is he's playing against New England's defense. Um, and the New England team really as a whole. I think Deshaun Watson was going to probably have a great situation set up for him to be able to throw the ball a lot because New New England usually is able to put up some points. Um, But last season, New England's defense ranked 30th in pass defense for yards given up. So that is something that you really got to like for Deshaun Watson. Um, I believe they're definitely a team that looks like they're going to move the ball through the air more than the ground based on Lamar Miller being the only, I would say, high quality from a fantasy purposes running back that there is, and even his cap is pretty limited. I think he just has a high volume to st- stabilize him this season. Um, and you can't ignore DeAndre Hopkins. My man, my love, in my opinion, the most talented receiver uh, this season in fantasy. I, th- I just think he's primed for a huge game, um, throwing from Will Fuller, and I-, I like Deshaun Watson this week. Okay. okay. I have him as my creeper, or keeper <clears throat> this week. So the way we, we kind of perceive our keeper, creeper, and sleeper status uh, going forward in these week-by-week games, uh, keeper, you know, of course you're not going to be able to go on the waiver wire and snag Deshaun Watson. So keepers, we're kind of thinking more like daily fantasy. Or if you're like, man, he's had a couple of bad weeks, so I trust him this week. Well, we're going to talk about him. So that's our keeper. Our sleeper is somebody that you can probably snag off the waiver wire, or he's on your bench already, and let's go ahead and just give him the green light. Creeper is somebody that... You could probably snag somebody out the waiver wire that has a better matchup. Um, based on all that, my keeper, one of the more top-tier quarterbacks, is Kirk Cousins. And I think he starts out strong this year. Um, he's going to be at home down there in his new home of Minnesota. Uh, he's going to get San Francisco, which their game history. Uh, they've only got one game history in, uh, I think, the whole career for Kirk Cousins. Does that sound right? That's what I found. Um, anyways, and that game was a win for Kirk Cousins, 300-plus passing yards and uh, over 100 QB, uh, QBR. And last year, San Francisco had the second office uh, pasty from last year. I got so caught up uh, talking about Jarrett McKinnon in our last podcast, that, and I hope he has a speedy recovery and everything, but I don't understand the whole raving about San Francisco. I think they're making great moves in the right direction. Agreed. But I still think they're just such an overrated team because they got a very good fan base, and football loves San Francisco. I think football is a better sport when San Francisco is good. But they're not there yet. I, I just think that they have a bunch of new pieces that are much better than they have been. And I just don't understand how last year, like I said, second softest pasty this year, 
How are they going to have time of possession in San Francisco? I didn't like Jared McKinnon. <laughs> Minnesota's going to control this game, I think. Um, and I think Kirk Cousins is going to look pretty good doing it. I think he's a safe bet. I would agree with you. I, I would like to echo the fact that I think Minnesota is just going to be a very difficult matchup for anything San Francisco-related in this week. Mostly because I do agree that San Francisco's offense is overrated, but the Vikings' defense is also really scary. So I think from twofold, I would try to stay away from all San Francisco players. Yeah. My sleeper this year is actually Blake Bortles. Um, not this year, but this first week is uh, Blake Bortles. New York Giants had the worst defense last year, passing-wise. Uh, and to finish last season, Blake Bortles scored the second most fantasy points out of any player um, from weeks 12 to 16, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and I think game scripts in this favor. Jacksonville's going to dominate the Giants, much like I think the Vikings will dominate the 49ers. I think, I don't, I just think it starts off rough for the New York Giants. And I think people are automatically going to think, uh-oh, maybe Saquon Bar- Barkley wasn't worth my first round pick. Um I would uh, definitely echo that, and I, <laughs> yeah. I got some details on that a little later as well. What you got? Um, I think I think you're pretty much right on point with what you got, but I think for me, uh, my sleeper uh, this week is going to be Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Dalton this week, as a streaming option at quarterback, is a really good option. I think over a couple of the starters that are listed within the top ten of some of these listings here, um, primarily the big reason is Andy Dalton has a pretty good track record of at least playing pretty consistently from a fantasy perspective, but they improved his offensive line in the offseason, although it's not at all proven. It's just it's not as horrific as it was last year. Um, but the Indy pass defense is all, was also ranked 28th last season um, when it comes to passing yards given up. And with a healthy Eifert for week one and John Ross looking like he's more involved in the offense, I, I think he has a little bit of a, an upside ceiling this week. Um, with a pretty high floor. So I, I like Andy Dalton this week. Yeah, I'm starting him in a league. And, and plus a little bit better line. Here's where we may start to disagree. My creeper, just because of where he's at, is Aaron Rodgers. If This is why I don't draft quarterbacks, especially mono-threat quarterbacks, gunslingers early, is because he's going to get Chicago, which he's got a pretty good track record. He's 15-4 and four with a 240 yards per game history against Chicago. But this game is going to be a shootout. Chicago doesn't have the offense to have a shootout type of game. There's not going to be many points. Uh, and last year, Chicago was 26 um, with fewest points given up to quarterbacks. So very good pass D out there in Chicago. And who did they just get? The man. Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. And all intentions to play week one, which is scary for Aaron Rodgers. There's no like reason it. once they get the lead in this game that they try to run up the score and allow Aaron Rodgers a chance to get hurt. I think they're just going to beat Chicago because I don't I don't think Trubisky's anywhere near competing with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to get a lead and probably ride who everybody's high on in Green Bay, Jamal Williams, I think. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is a great player, but we're talking fantasy. And I just think he's kind of a creeper for where he's at. So especially in like a daily fantasy league, don't pay that huge salary to get him for one week. I think that's an interesting point. As much as I'd like to disagree with you because I just think – Aaron Rodgers is maybe the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. Maybe not the best one, but I think he has the most talent on with him. Uh, I see you have a point. Chicago's defense looks a little improved, I mean, just in general. And they it's probably, improved, and it was already good. It was underrated last season for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and their offense being a little better has to help with the way they're going to play, not being three out, three and out every game, giving it right back to their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my creeper is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Okay. I'm a little bit terrified of Andrew Luck. Um, I understand that Andrew Luck is healthy coming off of that injury, but not playing an entire season, week one, being projected to be a top 10 quarterback on some of these scoring formats because against the Cincinnati defense, which I don't think is that bad. No. I mean, William Jackson III looks like he is primed to be a breakout candidate for being one of the most shut, good shutdown corners in the NFL soon. I mean, short, short sample size playing last year a little bit and missing his rookie year, but all intents and purposes, I think he could easily shut down T.Y. Hilton. And if T.Y. Hilton's getting shut down, I think Andrew Luck's going to be in for a world of hurt. Yeah. Um, but Andrew Luck, I think going up against Cincinnati's pass defense, which was actually eighth last season, uh, which I found a little bit surprising. I didn't mm-hmm. really get a, hear a lot about that. 
Um, so I think with a lot of the returning cast there, with William Jackson III, Kirkpatrick, and Denard, their core is pretty much there. They improved their secondary with um, Bates being drafted in the second round to play safety, and he's a coverage safety, which should help. And they let Iloka go, who was m much more of a run coverage guy. So I think you should see a slight uptick in their pass defense, if anything. Plus, their pass rush looks great, Yeah. which is my last point. I think the offensive line in Indy is ranked average, like 17th and everything. Um, but against the Cincinnati pass rush, I think I think he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. I mean, Carl Lawson, Dunlop, Dunlap, and Atkins all can get after the passer a lot and been proven to do so and with, with the time they have to play. So I'd say stay away from Andrew Luck. I think there's a lot of better options out there. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're giving you guys better options. I would start both of our sleepers over Andrew Luck week one. 100%, um, yes. Yeah. The way I would kind of tier it is I'm starting both of those guys, and I'm taking Kirk Cousins over um, Aaron Rodgers, actually. <laughs> that is a statement. Week one. Woo. I can see it. Week though. one. Yeah. Not the whole season. Sure, absolutely. And I'm taking Andrew Luck over Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton. Oh, for a whole season. For a whole season, yeah. I think Andrew Luck by week Andrew six Luck. or so, I'm going to feel a lot more confident. Yeah, he hasn't played football in like a decade, so <laughs> I, I don't quite trust him yet week one. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's just jump into the running back. Same old thing here. Um, I'm keeping David Johnson this week out of the top-tier running backs. I'm excited to see him get back on the field. He's at home back in Arizona where people got to be feeling a little bit down. I, I think Car I think Car losing Carson hurts in – I was a fan of him when he was in Cincinnati, too. I just thought he was a – there's nothing wrong with him, and I don't blame him when he stepped out and retired for a season from that reality show that was the Bengals. <laughs> um, so I, like, I think David Johnson comes in. He gives the fans hope. He's got fresh legs off of just that wrist injury. And Washington was the eighth easiest rushing defense to go against last season. He's going to be the focal point. Fresh legs. I, I, I'm starting him confidently this week. I do like him, but not as much as I like Alvin Kamara. Okay. Alvin Kamara week one, I think, is going to be primed for maybe more touches than he's going to get most weeks throughout the whole regular season. But uh, pretty much during the suspension of Mark Ingram, I think his heavy usage in the offense for the passing game and running game look really optimistic. Um, and because they don't really have a great proven bruiser to play in Mark Ingram's stead, I just think it's going to result in more touches for Alvin Kamara. Um, he's also going up against Tampa Bay, so can't say that they're a st real strong defense. I believe they were ranked 30th in the NFL in number of rushing touchdowns they gave up last season. So with that many touchdowns going that way and the run being effective against a bad defense, I love Alvin Kamara with the, the amount of workload he's going to get with his talent. I'm excited to see Gillisley out there in New Orleans, though. I think uh, a fresh start will help him out. I think he could be. I think he definitely has a much better situation there than with New England, where for some reason he was buried so far on the depth right. chart. Look yeah. at us, us standard guys, giving a couple of PPR players. Really, yeah, that kind of stands true for a PPR league. David Johnson and Kamara as well. Both However, great. my sleeper does not. I'm going with a tank, a thumper. My sleeper this week's Alex Collins. Buffalo is just bad. Horrible. <laughs> they were the softest, I think, against the run last year. If not, they were. They were. I think they had led the league in most. Touchdowns I think they're number one. Up. I think they're number one in fantasy points to running backs last season. I actually didn't write that down. I just wrote Buffalo stinks, and I just knew I could talk <laughs> about it. I'm pretty sure they gave up 24 rushing touchdowns last season, which was either the worst or second worst. And then they lost the league leader in tackles. Yeah, that's true too. With <laughs> Preston Brown in the middle of their linebacking so, score. So they got worse. <laughs> yeah. And they're just no chance. I think they're going up against a stout Baltimore defense, too. Uh, Alex Collins is at home. They're just going to control the time of possession with Alex Collins. I think they just slam Buffalo again and again and again with him, keep the ball in their hands. And I could see Alex Collins putting up a big game uh, week one. I like him. So if you got him on the bench and you're looking, you know, do I put him in my flex spot? Do I start him RB2? Yeah, I think you should should, and you should feel confident about doing so. Very upper tier running back, too, in my mind as well. Mm -hmm. But I think my sleeper is a little farther down on the list. I think this is a guy that I just want to make sure that everyone has in their flex spots, and that's Peyton Barber. I think Peyton Barber looked really good most of this offseason, and with all the struggles of Tampa Bay in, as a whole, with no Jameis Winston, moving to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and the, the question marks on their offense, especially with uh, Ronald Jones 
not looking very good so far yeah. this preseason. I don't even know if he's worth owning right now, especially in a redraft league. I think he'll he should improve because he is a rookie. So I mean, ima- I imagine eventually he'll get more touches as the year goes along. But for week one, I don't know if there's a, any person that's more likely to receive eighty plus percent of the carries from a non perennial starter, all star level running back than Peyton Barber. So I think he's going to be a really solid volume-based running back. And against New Orleans, I think there's a chance that New Orleans racks up the score against him. But I imagine you're going to see him in the passing game and in the rushing game. And I I think he's going to be a great high-volume person. I imagine 60 rushing yards and 20 receiving yards with a touchdown isn't outside the realm of possibility for him this week, which is a great flex option. Um, I'm harsh on old Ron Jones. I think that would have been a good fantasy foresight. Um... Who do you think is going to bust harder, Ron Jones or Rashad Penny? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that brutal. That would be interesting. <laughs> oh, gosh. My uh, creeper actually is Zeke. Um, I just don't trust Dallas offense until they show me I can trust them. Their line isn't as good as it was. Um, Carolina's 30 in the rush defense last year. Um, so there's only two teams that were worse than them. I mean, better than them, I should say. Um, so it's a very stout D in there in Carolina. They know for a fact that Dallas is going to come trying to run the fo- football. Um, I think Dak's talented enough to prove him otherwise. And I think Gallup is poised to have a really good game. I like Gallup, the, especially week one. Um, it, but Zeke's limited. If they stack the box, it's not like he's going to make up for it with his pass catching like uh, somebody like Kamara or David Johnson can do. He's limited, so if they stack that box, he's not going to get all the passes to make up for it. You know, I wouldn't say I like Alex Collins more than him by any means, but I'm saying if you're going up against somebody that's got Zeke and you're having to slot in Alex Collins, I don't think there's going to be a big point drop-off. Especially if you happen to be a person that went two receivers early and went with Jared McKinnon in the third round and mm-hmm. then he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. If you have Alex Collins floating around there, I don't think you get. I don't think you fall too far behind no. against a team that has Zeke this week. No. From a running back comparison. Uh, I'm kind of going to echo something that Paul said earlier. Uh, basically saying that my creeper is Saquon Barkley. I just don't know if there's a harder way for him to enter the NFL this week when he's playing Jacksonville. To me, Jacksonville and Minnesota... It's going to be hard all season long. I think it's going to be hard all season long, but this is going to make you feel real bad about it. <laughs> I think... I, I wouldn't panic after this week from the way so I So in our it. unwritten keeper list, a creeper list, do you think Saquon Barkley's on it? Are we talking for the whole season? Whole season. It, it depends on where he's going. Like he's he, going. We know where he's going. If he's, he's going first round, which it seems like in all my drafts, he's going first round. Yeah, he's going to be. He's a creeper. creeper. Yeah, I, I think he he's he I might end it. up a running back one, maybe. But it's going to be a volume based running back one. It's not going to be for efficiency, and it's going to be touchdowns that make most of his value happen. But. They're a pass-first team with Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Like, that's what they did last year. We're going against two things. We're To have him RB1, two things have to happen. New York has to become good at running the ball, so they have to prove to me they can run the ball. And Saquon Barkley has to prove that he could run in the NFL. And both of those things hasn't happened as talented <laughs> as he is. And he's going, like, seven and up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't quite like him where he's going. There's that so high. much hype in fantasy sports. Yes, there is. I mean, just ask, like... A different situation where all of a sudden everyone's like Alfred Morris is taking over the starting job for Jarek McKinnon and we'll, we'll probably mention this a little bit and talk a little bit more in depth but with the Jarek McKinnon injury a lot of people are jumping on one bag bandwagon or the other and I think a lot of people are jumping on Alfred Morris but to me it's not as clear as that I think both running backs are going to receive a share of this and I don't even think their offense is very good yeah so I don't think they can sustain two running backs that'll play well from a fantasy perspective I think both are more like flex options but some people are beginning to start drafting Alfred Morris as almost a low-end running back, too. And I would caution against that sort of expectation for someone as old as him in that sort of offense. Yeah, well, but that's going to be a fantasy foresight. Yes. So you've been forewarned. You will hear more from <laughs> us in the future. But I'll just continue a little bit more. Giants have uh, the 25th-ranked O-line, um, which we kind of mentioned in one of our earlier podcasts. And the Jacksonville defense was second overall in total defense. Yeah. Admittedly, they were a little bit worse against the run than they were the past, but it's mostly because no one could throw the ball two inches against them, so people were forced to run to succeed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I just think it'll be a really rough game for the Giants in general. I think Eli Manning's going to be on the ground a lot, and there won't be a lot of holes to run through for Barkley. So I would say Barkley, to me, is a running back two this week. 
And debatably, you could argue he might be a low-end touchdown dependent. If I had him or Alex Collins, I would start Alex Collins over him week one. I couldn't even argue against that. I mean, it's a little crazy. I mean, because people are drafting him so high. I can't wait till more and more people watch the show and see all these bold claims. But (laughs) maybe you'll be laughing at us next week. You'll see it. I'm pretty optimistic, though. We'll stick by it. Um, We'll definitely own up to our false claims, but that's where we come. We come bold. And we'll just stay in New York because as we move to wide receiver, Mike Creeper is going to be OBJ. Because, yeah. I mean, and that's just because he's top of the line. So you're playing daily fantasy. (laughs) You're paying top dollar for him in your lineup. Um, And like you said, where Jacksonville was so great and they're a little bit worse than the the run, Mm -hmm. they were great in the past. They are the toughest team to pass against in the NFL. You can't even rotate people around to hide them. They got two great corners, Ramsey and uh, what's his name? No. Uh, AJ Boy. Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what a tough first game back for OBJ. First game. Um, and their line still blows in New York. So, I, I'm not feeling very confident with OBJ. Season long, I am because I think that New York team's pretty bad. But I think we could see a lot more of the crying face from OBJ on that. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> Tears. Oh, man. Whimpering down his Yes. Yeah. What a masculine football player you have in OBJ. <laughs> Athletic. I think maybe not tough. I think Bieber wrote a song about him on this next album. I have no comment on this one. And he true love had tears. Whispery hair. Uh, their love song. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I could get lost in his bleach blonde whispery hair. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, what do you got, wide receiver wise? Well, <laughs> we'll we'll go with my creeper because we we started creepers on this one. So I'm gonna go with Larry Fitzgerald, week one. Um, I just I see him ranked on a couple of lists around like a really high end wideout two, like low end wideout one, um, against Washington. I'm not necessarily super afraid of Washington's pass defense. It was top 10 last year, surprisingly, against the pass. But I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to get the ball. I just don't know if he's going to get it very far down the field. I think Sam Bradford's typically been a high completion percentage quarterback there. But with the new transition between Carson Palmer and Sam Bradford, Carson Palmer definitely wanted to push the ball down the field more than what Sam Bradford Yeah. And so I think his upside is just very limited. So I just really want to caution people against him. Uh, and believing him. I think this might be more of a theme than it is necessarily a matchup problem this week. This season, more so than any season, is, oh, man, you're going to have to prove it to me with Larry Fitzgerald. His age just keeps creeping up. And, and it keeps getting uglier, too, in Arizona. And he keeps catching the football. and I mean, he keeps defying father time. But Amazing career. I just I think this is the year where it's going to be hard to rely on him as anything more than a wideout two. Like, maybe a low-end wideout two, just because his ceiling seems so limited. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody to take the pressure off of him the way that it used to be. I believe J.J. Nelson is the only returning member of, like, the receiving core that's notable from last season. They have a rookie coming in, but... A rookie's not going to really dictate coverage until he can prove that he needs to. And J.J. Nelson's a straight-line runner. Maybe he gets open for a few passes, but I just don't see Sam Bradford consistently pushing it downfield to open up space for him. Right. So short underneath receiver for Larry Fitzgerald, along with David Johnson both being the two focal points, it just doesn't express a lot of stretch down the field to give him some space. Well, we'll go to New, um, New England and Houston for both my keeper and sleeper this week. Playing against each other, my keeper is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's my favorite wide receiver this season. And I think this is going to be a shootout kind of to start, or at least an offensive-heavy game. Mm-hmm. Um, New England had the fourth easiest pass D in the NFL. And this is easily the most excitement you have with Hopkins this in, in recent history with a quarterback back there. Um, as much as I've said, bash kind of on Watson, I think Hopkins is looking great. Um, everything's gearing up, especially with Fuller still dealing with that iffy hammy. Um, I expect some big numbers out of Hopkins season long. I love him. I love him too. He's also my keeper. 30th rank against the pass, and I think that reflects pass yards last year versus the fantasy points given up. So. He's also my favorite. I already talked about Deshaun Watson being healthy. I think their success is going to be tied together so much this season. 
But and even if Deshaun Watson underachieves, I think there is risk to him. Although I'm completely all in on the bandwagon. DeAndre Hopkins, there's no risk. Watson is, I think, clearly a better quarterback than what he's had pretty much for the last five or six years. Like mm-hmm. his whole career, right. this is probably the most talented person he's been playing with. And if he was able to put up the numbers he did with Ryan Mallett and yeah. Tom Savage. Yeah, I think he's the only true wide receiver in the NFL where even if the quarterback goes down the starter, it's going to hurt him, but he's still going to give you wide receiver one numbers. I agree. I worry less about him than any wide receiver in the sport of football. He gets quicker every single year, amazingly, if you look at game speed. Um, but we'll stay in that same game, and I have Chris Hogan um, as my sleeper, since he's kind of borderline wide receiver two, kind of looks like right now. Um, New England only rostered three true wide receivers. They have another guy, but he's kind of a special teams specialist. Um, we got Chris Hogan, Cordell Patterson, and, uh, of course, Julian Edmond, but he's suspended. And then we have Philip Dorsett. So they are clearly going to be feeding the ball outside of to Gronk, to Hogan. Um, and just as well, I was talking about how New England had the fourth easiest pass to D, Houston has um, the easiest pass D last year. So it's, I, I, think, I think you feel good about starting a wide receiver on these teams. I agree. I feel really good until Tom Brady shows me that he's going to fall off a cliff. I'm starting a wide receiver for New England. And... Like I've talked about in an earlier episode, how Chris Hogan has been targeted more than Gronk in the red zone. Firing up Chris Hogan. Feeling good about it. Firing him up. I think I might like Chris Hogan more than I like Larry Fitzgerald this week. Oh, yeah. So I would also agree. I think his upside is immense this week with this matchup. So I would also agree. Jump on that bandwagon. I think before it's too late, get yourself some Hogan in your life. Hey, it gives us stuff to talk about. Bold claim. Starting Chris Hogan over OBJ. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, not really, I'm not quite going that far. I, think, I am, man. I can see – I wouldn't even be blown away if OBJ has 36 yards receiving this, this first game. but And Hogan has 84 and a touchdown. Watch but, it. Watch uh, it. Bold claims. I'm not, I'm not ready to go that far. I am biased. I am biased in this talk. But. <laughs> My sleeper is probably doesn't have quite that much upside, but I, I like him a lot. I'm thinking Jarvis Landry this week. Against Pittsburgh, I know their defense is pretty okay, um, but I think just the game speed and the way this game's going to go. You've been watching Hard Knocks. I've been watching a little Hard Knocks, but I'm buying You've been knocked up in Hard Knocks. I think there's also some logic behind it, too. It's not all hype train bias. I like Jarvis Landry because he's been able to practice with Tyrod Taylor. I think they, they've been able to build up a chemistry, and with the problems with Josh Gordon being injured for most of the preseason and him not practicing a ton with Tyrod Taylor, I think the chemistry has been built up between Jarvis Landry, and so with all the passing that I think Cleveland's going to have to do to stay in this game. because I, I don't think there's a clear-cut injury with Josh Gordon. I think he was just doing that to as part of his program. But, yeah, they don't have the rapport yet. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm not buying into Landry. I think Landry's going to be used a lot. I hope you prove me wrong. Earlier on in the season, Josh Gordon, I think, is clearly the, the better receiver. If he's if he's on the field later on in the season, I'm not excited about Josh. Shit. I'm not saying I'm excited about Josh Gordon week one. I'm just not excited about Cleveland. I guess week one. I think it's a very difficult there. first game, and I mean, it's if 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 big if Le'Veon Bell has this holdout go a little long. I think this game could be more competitive than we think. No, don't let me don't let me say that. I actually like Cleveland at home against Pittsburgh. I'm not excited about their wide receivers there, but I like Carlos Hyde pounding the ball, and I love this Cleveland D that I've seen um, in the preseason games. I haven't watched an episode of Hard Knocks, so I see Landry from last year. Um, but I actually wouldn't be surprised at all because um, I, I think Connor's going to start for the Steelers. And Brown's now 30-something with an injury. Roethlisberger is freaking good. Who knows on the road? His road numbers versus home numbers. I usually not big on splits. And you look at Cleveland's it's so D. Clear. I don't. I, you tell me Cleveland wins Week One against them. I'm I'm excited because I'd much rather see Cleveland a good football team than Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes, I'm going uh, with the Pittsburgh era <laughs> hardcore. And since I truly don't have a team that I root on in in the National Football League, I would love to root on. No, the Cleveland Browns. I think that'd be a fantastic thing to have happen. And I think they have a shot week one against Pittsburgh. But I, I'm not starting a wide receiver and feeling good about it. That's fair. I like Jarvis Landry. I don't like Josh Gordon week one. I think Josh... Jarvis I do like Landry more than Gordon week one. I'll agree with you on that. 
Yeah. I just think Gordon, there's a lot of risk right now. I think looking by like week five, I could really see Josh Gordon being highly valuable and probably taking over as the number one receiver in this system. And especially if Baker Mayfield takes over by week five. I don't know if that's going to happen. I like Tyrod Taylor, so I imagine he holds on to this job if they keep playing well. Yeah. But if Mayfield takes over with that stronger arm, I think Josh Gordon's in for a special season. See, that's weird because I think I like Tyrod. I like Josh Gordon better with Tyrod Taylor, and I like Landry better with um, Baker Mayfield. Interesting. Yep. That's I've never seen a slot receiver do well with Tyrod Taylor in game. Maybe on an episode of Hard Knocks. <laughs> But I've never seen it happen in the National Football League with all of his slot receivers he's ever had. Maybe. So until history repeats itself, man. So we'll see. When it comes to slot people, I, I do think Hard Knocks and Landry's personality has bumped up his ADP. I, I like Aglor and stuff like that in the slot better, but that's mm. me. We'll move on to tight <laughs> I do. You heard it here. You heard it. You won't hear it from me. <laughs> you heard it from me. I'm making bold claims all the time, all and I'll remember these claims, and I'll gladly own up to them. But I like Aguilar more than I like Landry. Um, tight ends, keeper. I don't know how you can disagree with this, but when he's healthy, Rob Gronkowski, week one. It's the only answer. It's easy. Um, like I said with Chris Hogan, and I'm excited about him, there's only three wide receivers rostered, and I think Chris Hogan's a favorite, but there's only three wide receivers Rostered. So Gronk is the favorite out of anybody that's going to be catching the ball. Best re- best rapport out of any of the top-tier tight ends, if you think about it, starting the season oh, yeah. with a quarterback, because Foles will be with Ertz. Mm-hmm. You have Kelsey with Mahomes. Yep. You have Graham in a new system with Rodgers. you got Olsen coming off a big injury. I don't even think Olsen's a factor this year, but that's my opinion. He's rated so high, though. It's kind of blowing my mind. I don't see anybody recover from a Jones fracture well at advanced age for football players. And I just I, – I, I love Olsen is in his career, but this year I'm staying away from him, period. I think Gronk is just the easiest out of the top-tier tight ends that you're going with. I agree with that completely. I also have Gronkowski as my keeper. And we kind of already gave a little bit of detail into Greg Olson as my creeper. Mm-hmm. I just think, like you said, coming off of such a major injury in a system that's always been run first, they got McCaffrey as a new underneath receiver. I, I just don't see Greg Olson getting many targets. If he lost any steps in that offense, I think he falls down the tier a little bit. I think he's still a tight end one. I just think he's a low-end tight end one, and he's going as like a mid-tier, upper tier tight end one, and I just don't see that production coming from this season. No. No, it's over, sadly. He's he's become the Jason Witten as Jason Witten retired. I think that's what I foresee as well. It's just usage, but all underneath stuff, not really even red zone targets. They're just going to run it in more than they're ever going to throw it to him. Yeah, yeah. Funches is going to take over the red zone targets too, I think. He's just a... His stock should be rising more than it probably is. It's I, just a, I think so. I just don't... He's like an athletic Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, um, I would agree. My sleeper, though, you know, of course we're talking daily fantasy, so if, if you didn't want to pay the high money to get Gronk, because I guarantee he's the most expensive tight end. By a lot this week. Why he's healthy? You cannot argue against Tyler Eifert. Sleeper, Indy gave up eighth most points to tight ends last year. This game has the potential to be really high scoring. And when Tyler Eifert is healthy, he averages pretty much a touchdown a game. It's insane. It, like, and he's healthy, so if, play him. If you want to look at some crazy numbers, look at his production per game. Yeah, crazy nonsense. But he's always utilized in the red zone. He's also my sleeper, so okay. on the same page. There we go. Here. There we go. And we do not talk about this prior to the episode. No. Nope. So it's just him being rated at like tight end fourteen at the list I'm looking at right now seems just kind of crazy. Like Jack Doyle is. How can you argue 400? against his upside when he's healthy? Like I understand that Tyler Effort might not be healthy next week. Right. Like, he gets hurt so often. But right insane. now he is. But he is healthy. He's on the field, and he played in the preseason a little bit. So fire him up. A little rust off. I love him for being a mid-tier tight end one this week. I'd play him under everyone or over everyone named. I guess not named Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Jimmy Graham, Rudolph, Ingram, and then I'd have him. And so I'm looking at him as like a tight end seven, tight end eight. Fire him up. But I think he has upside to to match any of the top three when he's healthy. My creeper, though, is uh, Kelsey. And it's not that I don't really dislike Travis Kelsey. I I just want to see this Kansas City offense. Chargers is a great defense. And a lot of people are taking him top five um, this year. Uh, They're improved. And last year they gave 20 – they were the 28th fewest points given to a tight end defense. Um, Pretty pretty, uh, tough defense in the middle there. 
So Kelsey's got a tough matchup as it is. He's got a new quarterback. Um, uh, I'm not feeling too confident about Travis Kelsey. It's it's hard for me to know. I mean, there's a lot of questions there. I like him as the season goes along. I think he's a great talent. I think I mean, when it comes to the tight ends that you're drafting early, he's a safe one, but just not week one. I, that's where I'm leaning. I'm telling you, why Tyler Eifert's healthy, I'm starting Tyler Eifert over Travis Kelsey week one. Boom! Another <laughs> gold boy. sleeper's <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Strong. Woo! I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> a ton of bold claims that we get to talk about next week. We'll have uh, a little bit to discuss. Hold me to it. You can hold me to it. Um, as as we can hold ourselves to it right now. Of course, we didn't want to call Jarek McKinnon in that fashion. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to say, like, I told you so, when none of the reasons why he's not relevant were the ones we talked about. Mm-hmm. I didn't foresee him being a big injury risk mm-hmm. like some of these other players that yeah. are out here. But it just... It kind of just sucks for him. Yeah. I mean... I hope he gets we'll healthy. Uh, it just sucks for San Francisco. I know everybody's excited out there, but... And he's a good role-playing back. It's just... And I think he could have helped their team a little bit function well with their system. It's just not yeah. as much as what everyone was giving him credit for. Yeah. But, I mean, if we're keeping score, we can talk about Martavius Bryant now. <laughs> he limited uh, my man Amari Cooper. Who, by the way, let's just mention that. You know, when we talked, had the Oakland talk... Of course, Martavis Bryant is not the sleeper in Oakland anymore because he's not even a Raider anymore. It is true. Um, it is true. A and you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> Who was my sleeper? I can't even remember. Marshawn Lynch, I think, because he was ADP 80. I think that's um, true. I think I might have been talking about I know I mentioned Martavis Bryant. He might have been my sleeper. But. but now, guys out there, you like Cooper even more because without Khalil Mack, that defense is looking even softer. These games are going to be even higher scoring. Fire up Amari Cooper because he's the only – I mean, Jared Cook's even a little bit more improved, but Amari Cooper at 6'1", 200, insane speed. I think this is a year you see some positive stuff coming out of Amari Cooper. I think it also It is a tough pass defense schedule, though. Yeah. I think you also see a slight uptick in Nelson's, Jordy Nelson's numbers, but the man to And like his age. (laughs) I mean, that's not getting any better, that's for sure. But I think he'll be more useful. It's just kind of marginally at this point. Yeah. I was worried that Martavius Bryant would t- typically use his talent as a deep threat to usurp Jordy Nelson and get almost all of his snaps or targets thrown that direction. But I, I think Jordy Nelson it might does be a little, little more involved. I still don't really like him from a wide-out perspective. He might be a bench stash for me. Or in a ma- matchup, for sure. I'd play him, maybe. It, well, it depends on how, how Oakland looks. looks, I think. Yeah. like They might be just a run-first team with Marshawn Lynch, grind it down, Doug Martin, just two... Bruiser dudes just running it all game, and then Cooper's their only receiver. I could see that being their formula for success, especially with John Gruden. I know when he was in Tampa, that's kind of what we were seeing is a lot of grinded out Mike Allstott power football. So Gosh, I wish Mike Allstott was still in the NFL. <laughs> Favorite player all time. That's serious. Mr. McBrace, shoulder pads. That's why I was a Tampa Bay fan, man. <laughs> Loved him. Loved that defense. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, my favorite on defense was John Lynch. What a defense. Rondé Barber. That was a defense. Uh, just Tell great people. I remember watching Derek Brooks injure. It wasn't that season when they won the Super Bowl, but I think it was the following season when he ended Rich Gannon's career, and he was uh, mic'd up, and what a character he was. There just hasn't been a team for me like that to root on. Like, if, if Vontez Perfect broke Rich Gannon's neck <laughs> like that, like, and he was mic'd up, he'd probably, like, cuss him out or something. <laughs> <laughs> Slap him right in the face. <laughs> Who knows? My right? favorite moment of the NFL last year was Juju Smith-Schuster's hit on Tontas. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm still bitter. I loved it. I, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone I hate more in the NFL than Juju Smith-Schuster for that. <laughs> How do you celebrate someone else's injury with the injury? Like, it, Well, if you do it to somebody that's notorious for trying to twist... Broken ankles and... I mean, you won't get any arguments from me that Burfick's clean. <laughs> he's not... I mean, I don't think he's quite, quite as bad as some of the other people give him credit for. He's dirty, but he's not, I'm going to step on your face dirty like a few of these other people, like Ndamukong Sue, who's flying a little more under the radar for being dirty. Yeah. So. Or Richie Incognito stuff. Incognito even, yeah. I think there's a few people that are worse, but he's clearly bad. So, I mean, did he deserve to get hit and laid out? Fine. Yeah, absolutely. Hit him hard. Cool. Whatever. That's what he does to everybody. But. 
to act out his injury the next week as the celebration for a touchdown. I, I, I just can't even, I can't even put it into words. I think I need to get a shirt of him. All right. All right, everybody. It's time to go to Trelawney's divination course. Fantasy foresights. Take it away, John. What what's our first fantasy forecast that we have to? We're keeping points, um, kind of this season. Yes, seeing seeing how we do. Uh, John, lead us in this segment here. All right. So this new segment that we're creating here is all about decision making. So we're we're gonna give a one or two decisions, sometimes three, even maybe no. I don't know. What does the future hold? Maybe there will be a few threes. But we're taking the our opinions on what is the most likely to happen here. And there is no discussion about these beforehand, so I'm sorry if we do pick the same one, but we're not going to have argue a, a point that we don't agree with. Correct. Theoretically, we might pick better or more differential options for things to argue about here and see what why our opinions are different and talk about them for better discussions. But we'll see how that goes. Right now, it is all up to the wind. We don't know what our decisions are. So first... We're, as an example, we're taking, who do you take first in fantasy drafts this season? Alfred Morris or Matt Breida? So essentially, who gives you more fantasy points is the way I read that question. That's correct. Um, who I'll gets st- more fantasy value this season? I'll start it off, and, and it's going to be because I've mentioned him in, I think, three of the four podcasts to date, and that's Matt Breida. Um, I've been taking him even when Jarek McKinnon was healthy. I have him in all my leagues. Um, I thought it was insane that he wasn't being selected, but... Matt Breida, um, his game speed is insane. Uh, I think it's like two standard deviations above average, whereas Morris is one underneath. Um, he's much quicker than Alfred Morris, and everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, Breida will be the change of pace pass catcher. That is not what Matt Breida does. He actually struggles in passing if you compare it to the way he runs the football. He's a small guy. He's like 5'9", 5'10", uh, 190. So you don't think that he is going to be a smash-mouth kind of runner. And I'm not saying that he should be in the NFL, but he is very successful at it. Um, and I think he is going to, on the over the whole season, be the guy to own in San Francisco. Um, I really like Matt Breida. I also am going Matt Breida. Um, I think Matt Breida is just a person that's been in the system longer, A. B, I think that he has more upside for this team. I think the team is going to want to see him succeed more than Alfred Morris. Yeah, and that's not saying he can't catch the pass. He, he caught very well last season, especially it, you know as he got used to Shanahan's offense. But, yeah, continue. Sorry. You're all good. I think Alfred Morris is shooting up a lot of draft boards just because he seems like the most obvious pick for the first replacement because he's at least a replacement for someone. But I think Brito just moves up the depth chart. Maybe Morris is even listed number one, but I think Brito's going to be used in more situations and with them probably being a pass-first team with Garoppolo because I think that's going to be where they're more successful anyway. Mm -hmm. If they were running McKinnon, it's because they want him to catch the football. That's what he's always been best at. Right. So I I think Brito's the better replacement in that front, so I think he'll be the more utilized a weapon. Yeah. Fantasy foresight, number two. Number two, two, two. I'm going... Who would you rather take to score more fantasy points this season? Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen? Go ahead. I answered first last time. All right. I'm going Diggs on this one. This one is very difficult. I, I think with a new quarterback and not being able to identify who's the better synergistic fit for him, I think I, think I just like Diggs better in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, just because I think he has a more defined role being utilized in the red zone a bit. I think he's the more physical receiver, while Thielen's more of a speed-based receiver. So both of them are utilized great downfield and everything, too, and Thielen can separate underneath. And I just think I like Diggs better. I think he has a little more talent. I I agree. Sadly, out of our eight fantasy foresights you'll hear, um, you will hear agreement here. Uh, and these are just mainly because these are two hot topics. But Stefan Diggs... I think he's the more talented wide receiver. I think you saw Adam Thielen's numbers uh, exaggerated last season because how much Case Keenum likes the slot receiver. Uh, And Diggs is playing for a contract now. Uh, I think Diggs, especially with the rapport based on the preseason, is that Diggs and Cousins look very much like a couple in comparison to Thielen and Cousins. Um, I like Diggs if you're taking them. And to think that they're going neck and neck in the draft, I think it's a whole tier difference, actually. I I agree. I don't think... Minnesota has a system where both receivers can be sustained. So I think this is a question where 
we mostly just want to enlighten you on the fact that I think there is a right answer here. I don't think that Thielen and Diggs can be rated in the same area. Because, I mean, Cooks has to be involved in this offense. Rudolph's probably going to be involved in this offense because Cousins used Reed a ton. And Vernon Davis also, whenever Reed was hurt last season for Washington. So I just think that there's not enough balls to go around for everyone to be fed. So I think Diggs is my favorite in this winner. Yeah. Feel good if you draft the Diggs over Thielen. Number three, Royce Freeman's total yards, will they be over or under 1,200? I have over. Over. What are you going with, just out of curiosity before I... Before you give the reasons, yeah. I'm going under. So Good. We have Good. There little, we go. A bit of a question. On number here. three, over 1,200. Why? Because he is a better running back already, I don't care what you tell me, than C.J. Anderson. And C.J. <laughs> Anderson last year had 12... 12- 31, 1,231 total yards. So you're asking me, is he going to have over 1,200? Yes, because this is a better offense with uh, Keenum over uh, Simeon. It's a better running back with Royce Freeman over CJ. Elway has continually said that he likes Royce Freeman. Drafting him, he said he's got a bell cow now. Uh, CJ, I'm sorry, Royce Freeman caught 79 balls in college. That's awesome. Um, He's a good pass catcher as it is although he's a wonderful running back um he's going to step in he's going to be better than cj in a better offense and he's the clear guy to me i think Devonte booker you'll see some i don't even think you have to worry about the other uh running back rostered and he had 16,000 uh 1639 rushing total yards last year in college um with 164 coming in the air i i i like royce freeman I like him more than Saquon Barkley as a rookie. Um, another bold claim there. <laughs> Too bold for my taste. <laughs> I do. I like Royce Freeman over Saquon Barkley. Um, but yeah, over over twelve hundred. Sure. I think it's close. Um, I'm gonna it go, is close. I'm gonna go under. Um, pretty much because I think we know that Booker is going to be involved for early or he was for involved. late yeah. downs. Yeah. Early on in the season. So I do really love Royce Freeman. I don't think there's any chance that Booker steals the job from him. I don't think that's within reason. But I think with a couple of the touches that are going to be going that way and with them being still, I think, probably wanting to be a pass-first team with Demarius Thomas. They drafted Sutton early this year at wide receiver and Emmanuel Sanders. I, I think that those are going to be the focal points of the offense. So I just think they'll be a slightly under 1,200 with a split in carries plus Freeman. So Plus the differing, like, I guess scheme where they're going to throw more than run. So that's how I foresee it. I think Royce Freeman is a great draft pick though. I don't want that to take away from him. I would just say temporary expectations. I've seen him shoot up some of my draft boards in my leagues a lot. So I wouldn't buy into the hype train quite this much. I kind of like him for where he is in drafts, not above that. Fantasy foresight number four. Le'Veon Bell's total yards this season. Are they over or under his 2000 total of, or 2017 total of, 1,946 receiving plus rushing. Your turn to go first. I'm going to go under again. I think with the potentials holdout that he has had and not playing at all in the preseason, I understand preseason, you know, and I'm not really worried about Le'Veon Bell's production dropping through the toilet or anything. But I just think with the, the chance of him missing a game and with those that benchmark for 1,900 yards, uh, there's a lot of weapons on that Pittsburgh team. And I could almost see a slight dip in Le'Veon's points. Not to anything concerning. I still like him as one of my top three running backs. But just with the usage that he's had to take the last few years, he's used so often in in the run and in the pass game. I think he could wear down a little bit. So I'm just going to go under. I think that sounds like the safer bet. I think there's a chance he ends up being a low-end running back one this year. I think that's inside the realm of possibility. But... More or less, I'm just thinking a little less than that sounds reasonable to me. 1,600 total yards. Yeah, I'm going to have to go under as well, um, just because of this preseason. Yeah, And preseason games don't matter, but I do think it matters to be out there practicing with the team to make sure you're ready, full go. Um, to me, this is another under situation. Um, this is my first under situation, though. Uh, he'll be great. I mean, I still like him when it comes to top-tier running backs, number one overall, because I look at a fantasy point-per-game average, and when he gets in there and he's full go and he's got his rhythm, he's going to be awesome this season. Don't feel bad if you drafted him. But if you did draft him and you don't own Connor and you can own Connor, make sure you go own Connor. 
Because I think week one, you want him on your team. Um, Just in case. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because he'll be an RB1, too, if Connor is, is... If Connor, you know, if Bell can't go for some reason. But Bell's going to end up playing because at this point in time, the longer he holds out, he's going to start losing checks. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that starts happening, you'll see Le'Veon Bell back out there. But mm-hmm. sadly, he may not be starter week one go, and which is disappointing. I hate that about... I hate holdouts and crap, but it sucks. So kudos to OBJ for handling it right. Um, Le'Veon Bell, I disagree with his approach, but once he gets in there, he'll be great. But under just because of the start of the season. All right, number five, DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards over or under the thirteen hundred and forty that he had last season. I feel like we're agreeing on this one again. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance we disagree. Over. I mean, he's already topped it. He's he's only 26, and he's already topped this benchmark once. And the dude just keeps getting faster. This is the best, like I've already talked about, a QB situation he, I think he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Primetime year. Um, I think the fuller sample size, as, long, as well with, in my opinion, the Watson sample size is so small that I'm not even that excited about fuller. DeAndre Hopkins is number one. I love it out there in Houston for DeAndre Hopkins this season. He's going over that uh, benchmark to me. He's definitely an over for me as well. The question I'm going to rephrase this as, let's add a little more intrigue. Is he the best fantasy wideout? Yes, to me. The the year? I agree Do as well. Fantasy points, yeah. Wideout one. I think, to be honest, I could see him going four overall in drafts, and I'd be like, why not? I, I don't know how he ends up being less reliable than anybody else in this first round and you know who i think comes back and maybe my number two i think obj is either number two or three but i think julio jones Ooh, all the way back up at three you say were you worried about two or three two or three Mm. i like julio jones there's no reason he's not slower he's not regressing his yards are great touchdowns were fluke last season i like julio jones a lot. His yards were great last season. Touchdowns, like not so much. So if yeah. you're one of those fantasy owners like me that had him last year, it feels a little bad. I think you got a little unlucky. I definitely like him as a uh, wide out one. I'm not quite sure I like him like two or three. I think I might have him at like four or five. But, I mean, it's nitpicky at that point. He's a good receiver. Well, guys, I'm sorry these are, we're agreeing on so many of these. But uh, I guarantee you we will not as the season goes because these are season-long things. Um, and they are based a lot on our what we covered already content. But as the season goes by, our fantasy forecasts, our, our football foresights, as we should properly call them, will be on a week-to-week basis based on outperforming and stuff. And there will be a lot more disagreements, hands down, easy. Um, bear with us, but this is still good information for you guys. Foresight number six, John, what is it? I think this is more enlightening than anything else. Philip Rivers. Or Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't understand. More fantasy points at the end of the season. I don't understand San Francisco, Phillip Rivers. I agree, Phillip Rivers, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I knew you would. It just, Phillip Rivers is more proven and way better offense than San Francisco's. Yeah, supporting cast is better. I think better team than San Francisco's, Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers is probably more talented. The team's more talented on a better track. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Foresight number seven. <laughs> Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton, who has more total touchdowns passing and rushing? Go ahead. I've been going first. I like Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm in love with him. I've said it all the way through. I'm completely on this train till it goes off the tracks. I think I'm going to be on it even past when it goes off the tracks. So Deshaun Watson. I love Cam Newton. I think this one's actually close. But to me, Deshaun Watson has the potential to be the number one quarterback in fantasy this season. I'd probably put him more at, like, three. <laughs> I think that's more likely. But I think he has that sort of ceiling. He has the potential to be a number one. But, uh, nope. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do if it. If you listen to my podcast uh, up to this point, you know my opinion on Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Um, that sample, sign is, sample size is insane. He had 21 touchdowns in seven games. 9.3 touchdown rate per attempt. I, <laughs> no way he sustains that. <laughs> You don't think? You don't think he ends with like 120 touchdowns by the end of this year? I'm ready. So let's give him a more realistic stat line. (laughs) And how's this sound? 27 touchdowns in 15 games. And you know who did that? RG3. I love saying it. Making everybody (laughs) upset. He's (laughs) RG3. 
RG3 season, baby. Yeah. Here he comes. I don't hear it. You want to see it? You got RG3. That sample size is nuts. All the hype RG3 had. He's an inaccurate quarterback. Deshaun Watson is. I don't understand it. Give me Cam Newton. Give me his track record. He had 28 touchdowns last year for Cam on a kind of a down year, although it was very similar to 2016 too. But you just look back to 2015. This guy had 45 total touchdowns. Uh, I like Cam Newton. I think it's crazy to take somebody on that little sample size with Deshaun Watson um, off of an ACL injury. No thanks. When you tell me he's inaccurate, nah. <laughs> Ignore him. Fine. I think he'll uh, be left out on this train all the way to heaven. We're riding it all the way to fantasy championships this year. You and Cam New- uh, you and Deshaun Watson. Me and Deshaun right. Watson on this rocket. We'll I'll see watch if it, it blows up in orbit, but I- I'm-, I'm liking it. There's no way I can back off now. <laughs> Number eight, Jimmy Graham. More or less than 10 touchdowns this season. That was his 2017 total, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right. Go ahead, John. I like less. As much as I like the Packers and him being in a better situation where he might be utilized fully, I, I just I don't see him putting up 10 touchdowns. I think his skill set is far different, far removed from the New Orleans Jimmy Graham that we all knew and loved now, based on all the injuries that he absorbed and his career and changes in systems. I think he'll be good. I, I just think he's more of a solid tight end than an above-average one. Yeah, I really, as you're saying that, I wanted to change my answer and disagree with you just to give viewers a little bit more of a debate between us, which you guys will get. Hang in there. Guarantee you, you're going to hear some (laughs) debates and some back and forths. But I can't. I can't because can you name – I looked it up. No tight end has ever had over 10 touchdowns with um, Aaron Rodgers. But can you name a tight end besides like Jermichael Finley? Aaron Rodgers is really hit off with. Well, I mean, I know you can some... name them because you're a fan. <laughs> yes, but I wouldn't be able to from a fantasy perspective at all. Right, like they've had Donald Lee, Corals, Coral, uh, Corliss, yeah, yeah Corliss, and Nope. But yeah. although it, it's going to be close because he's only 31. I mean, he's a little bit advanced age for NFL, but. Not too not much. Elderly. Not like 36-year-old Larry Not Not like Greg Olson. 40, yeah. But what troubles me is he does have a pretty bad injury history. Um, four out of his nine seasons, he has gone with over 10 touchdowns, and he averages 8.6 a season. But every year you hear, you're, oh, Martellus Bennett is there in Green Bay. He's top 40, top 50, top, you know, player, great tight end, tight end one. And I just think as much as it – clicks in your head that Aaron Rodgers is going to go off with a great tight end. Just not who Aaron Rodgers is. It doesn't matter. He's He makes everybody around him great. Yeah. Um, I don't think it really changes the fact that you're getting uh, past his prime Jimmy Graham and that you're going to see this great connection. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree. So I have to go under just because I, there will be no devil's advocate on this for the sake of devil's advocate on this show. I'm sorry, everybody. But you will hear us disagree as we bring up more pointed week-to-week things. So we got a little bit of disagreement that we can keep points on here, John. It's true. You happy with what uh, we gave them? How about an honorable mention for a defense out there? I like it. Um, I think I think Paul will agree. We kind of already mentioned it. Baltimore. If you can get a hold of Baltimore's defense in, in your draft this week, I know I'm into streaming defenses. I think feel like it's a far more reliable way to score points. I think Baltimore versus Buffalo. Nathan Peterman's their starter. 49% completion percentage, ladies and gentlemen, for last season. We all remember the game where he threw five picks in and a half. Like, I think that's what they're running out. He probably won't play that bad, but it just seems like an automatic good game with all yeah. the problems that they have. Yeah, Baltimore's my favorite, my number one. But since you gave them Baltimore, I'll give them uh, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's pretty good against the run, and I think the only way Chicago moves the ball well to start the season is by running. Um, and they're just going to game plan for Jordan Howard. So he's going to be limited because of that bad offense. If if they had a legit quarterback in Chicago, I'm all over Jordan Howard this year. But I don't see Trubisky moving the ball too well. They're playing in Green Bay. Chicago gave up plenty of fantasy points to defenses last year. I'm feeling confident moving Green Bay at home, streaming them this week. Um, and you should be able to probably get them, I would assume, I would against Chicago. But there you have it. An honorable mention for us to go. Um, this is going to be with the specials over for the preseason. This is going to be our target length, about an hour. 
to respect your guys' time and make sure we give you efficient and good information. Any last words over there, John? I would just say a couple quick things. McCoy is not suspended playing week one. Ajayi is dealing with foot problems, should probably play. But it's a foot problem, not a knee problem, everybody, so we're good. Yep, Le'Veon Bell still holding out. John Connor looking for a great late-round option there. Carson Wentz will not be playing week one. Marlon Mack also not playing week one. Jordan Wilkins, doubtful. you heard him from me, my sleeper. I think those are all people and information to keep an eye on. Awesome. Thanks, John. I love that little recap there. All right, guys, have a great day. Catch us next week. Peace. Good luck.